Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Friday edition of the program and for the first time this season it's game day and it's not just game day but it's a big game day a big challenge game for Indiana as they take on Xavier on the road today Indiana 2-0 at Xavier 3-0 a little odd a 6 o'clock p.m. tip tonight I know that's tough on a Friday depending on your work schedule and how quick you can get away from the office but uh, definitely uh, a challenge game tonight for Indiana I think uh, Justin told me just before we came on the air that Indiana is, at the very latest, a three-point favorite. Uh, I like Indiana's chances to not only win, but to win by more than three points. So we'll see how things play out. Of course, a sidebar storyline to the game tonight. Sean Miller is back at Xavier again after some issues at Arizona. And obviously this would be a big game for him personally and for the Miller family after his brother Archie let go from Indiana. Uh, Mike Woodson came in. But uh, definitely a little different field today if you're an IU fan for this game tonight than maybe for a Moorhead State or for an exhibition game against somebody like Marion University. But uh, this will be a good one. And this is a game that I think... Everybody, including the coaches, first and foremost, will learn a lot about this team in advance of some of the big games coming up later this month and in December as well. So fun one today, and I'm sure that uh, everybody ready to get uh, to the game or to a TV in time for the 6 o'clock tip-off. Of course, the 6 o'clock tip-off means pregame coverage here on the Big X at 5 p.m., uh, and the, uh, the tip-off of that contest from over in Cincinnati uh, at 6 o'clock. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today here on this Friday, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got news and notes, some things about Xavier to get you set for the game today, and a couple local topics to mention as well. Also, later in the show, it's Friday, so Dylan Wallace is our IU insider today. Dylan is the sports editor for the Seymour Tribune, and he'll drop by as we preview the Xavier game here in just a bit. Then later in the hour, Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star will join, and we're getting ready for the start of high school basketball. There are some big scrimmages coming up this weekend, so first opportunity for a lot of our local teams to scrimmaged against another opponent. Some of them have already had scrimmages, but New Albany and Heritage Hills I know is an interesting one on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock because uh, Heritage Hills features Trent Sicily. We had a chance to hear from his coach yesterday here on the show. If you missed that, you can check it out on the podcast. But a lot of things going on when it comes to basketball. And again, it's just I say this a lot, but a great time of year if uh, you're a resident of Southern Indiana, an IU fan, a basketball fan, 
we're getting into some good months uh, coming up here soon. Uh, that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. Today should be a great day to get your questions, comments, thoughts, predictions on the IU Xavier game in. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's and so uh, check that out as well a great deal from Thornton's and let's get into some headlines for today obviously six o'clock the tip-off Xavier and Indiana this is interesting uh, Indiana leads the all-time series eight to one over Xavier but Xavier did win the last meeting which I don't even remember this game it was way back November 24th of 2007, an 80-65 win for the Musketeers uh, on the uh, in that contest. And, you know, this game is part of the Gavit tip-off games, which is an early season series that challenges programs from the Big Ten Conference against those from the Big East Conference. And it began on Monday. The Big Ten leads the all-time series uh, with two years of uh, having more wins, one year of having uh, lo- more losses, and then it's the series has been tied three times. So it's not like anybody has been terribly dominant in the Big East Big Ten challenge, you could co- call it. But kind of going through the games this week on Monday, DePaul defeated Minnesota 69-53, and Penn State beat Butler. I saw a little bit of that game, 68-62. Then on Tuesday, Northwestern with a nice win over Georgetown, 75-63. Purdue defeated Marquette, 75-70. Wednesday, Iowa got past Seton Hall, 83-67. Last night, the lone game in the series was St. John's and Nebraska, and St. John's cruised to a 70-50 win. And tonight, you've got the final two games of the Gavit series for 2022. It's Indiana at Xavier. Again, that's a 6 o'clock tip-off. And then this should be a good one as well. Villanova at Michigan State uh, at 8 o'clock. The Big Ten could use some wins here uh, to uh, solidify this thing tonight. And Indiana and Michigan State uh, in line to see if they can pick up some big non-conference victories as well. Of course, I mentioned Sean Miller. But looking at the Xavier roster, there are definitely uh, some connections to remember or to pay attention to. Uh, obviously, it starts with Sean Miller, but some other players as well we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show but one of those guys is Jerome Hunter he's in his second season at Xavier he had a pretty good year a season ago 11 points nine rebounds per game he averages average 17 uh, excuse me that was in his season opener this year 11 points nine rebounds in 17 minutes this year though he's played a total of 16 minutes and has not scored in the last two games. So kind of interesting there. He had a good game, and then things have slowed down for him as well. But uh, Jerome Hunter, just one of a few connections uh, to this Indiana team, and really the state of Indiana is Jack Nungy from Newburgh, had a great career down at Castle, uh, was at Iowa for four seasons, uh, now at Xavier for a fifth and final year. His uh, younger brother, Bob Dungy, is a walk-on with the Xavier program as well. So 
a, a connection there to another Indiana family. But lots of sidebar stories from Sean Miller and his uh, being brother to Arch and, of course, uh, Jerome Hunter and the Nunji family as well. A lot of connections back to the Hoosier State tonight, uh, that is for sure. One other note I wanted to mention here on this game day for Indiana, I was reading a story uh, from 247 Sports yesterday about college basketball's early season pleasant surprises. This is an individual thing, kind of going through some players that have had really big seasons so far that maybe weren't expected to. And I was curious to see if anybody from Indiana was on the list. And Malik Renew is on that list. It, uh, the little capsule with his name, and I'll just read a portion of it. It says, quote, Jalen hood Shafino was supposed to be Indiana's best freshman, but Malik Renew has stolen the spotlight in the early going. Renew has come off the bench and shined in both of the Hoosiers' easy non-conference wins. Renew had 15 points, five rebounds, two blocks, and a steal against Moorhead State. He missed just one shot from the field. Renew had nine points, four rebounds, two assists, and a block against Bethune-Cookman and even knocked down his first three-pointer of the season. This is exactly what Mike Woodson wanted from Renew. There's some other uh, writing there as well, but I thought that was pretty strong words for the freshman. And I think sums up his season so far. We'll see how he does against bigger, better, stronger teams once we get into Big Ten play and some of these other non-conference games specifically. But I feel confident Jalen Hood-Chefino is going to have an unbelievable freshman year. I know that it's been up and down so far, but I think everybody is in agreement with that. Malik Renew, we thought could contribute. We thought can down the road be a really special player. He might be able to reach that status even sooner than we thought, especially coming off the bench, helping out Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis if they are in foul problems. And, of course, you wonder about health for the duration of the season. So just knowing that he is there and capable and getting better and sound fundamentally, great footwork uh, from Renault, I think. Uh, I think it's a big plus for this Indiana team as we see him uh, get into things even further. So a number of things interesting about tonight's game. We'll see if Malik Renault can continue what's been a really good season for him so far. Uh, no, no question about that. I mentioned that New Albany and Heritage Hills scrimmaging tomorrow, 1 o'clock is that game. I've had a, a handful of people ask about wanting to see Trent Sicily and where Indiana stands with him. We did have Coach Nate Hawkins from Heritage Hills on yesterday to learn about uh, Trent, how he's gotten better, and all the interest he's getting from the Big Ten Conference. Definitely uh, getting a lot of, uh, of offers and a lot of Big Ten schools as they can get out this season will be at some of his high school games down in Lincoln City, Indiana. But he, you'll get a chance, if you want to, to see him up close and personal on Saturday afternoon at New Albany. Uh, that's a look at our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a break. We're back with Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison. 
All right, we are back here on this Friday edition of the program. Uh, Texter on the Thornton's text line says, is Xavier playing without their best player tonight? I forget his name, but I think he was questionable for the game tonight. I think you're probably talking about Colby Jones. And, yes, I think questionable is the right way to word that for tonight. I know he missed the game with uh, Fairfield on, uh, what was that, Tuesday night, a 78-65 win for Xavier. And Jones is a preseason All-Big East first-team selection. Uh, Jones is averaging 13.5 points per game in the two games he did play in, seven assists, four rebounds, uh, plays about 27 minutes a game. So his availability tonight, definitely something to pay attention to. I have not seen anything out there that says he's in or out for sure, but I think wording him as questionable is definitely fair. And if somebody else has seen anything, send it in to me. But you can send your questions and comments as well on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. With me now, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Excuse me, Seymour Sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, I've got too many sports editors uh, here on the program throughout the week, but glad to have you with us. And this is a really big game. We've been talking about this game now for a number of weeks. Just a little odd start time, a 6 o'clock big game, 6 o'clock tip-off over in Cincinnati. Just kind of an awkward start time, a little early as people are trying to navigate home from a work week. Yeah, definitely a lot earlier in that, you know, Fox Sports slate and I probably because, you know, part of the Gavit games, they got, you know, Michigan State and Villanova tipping off after them, so they probably wanted to, to slide that game into, you know, more of the primetime spot around 8 p.m. So, yeah, a little bit earlier than, than usual, but, you know, like you said, this is, this is a, a game that, you know, fans have probably had circled on their schedule for a while just because um, it's the first kind of decent test for this team. Um, you know, it's, it's a true road game in the non-conference. Um, there's, there's some bizarre stats out there, something like, you know, Indiana hasn't beaten a – top 40 Ken Palm team on the road in the non-conference since like the 2002-3 season, and they haven't won a true non-conference uh, road game since uh, that NC State win in 2011. So uh, it's been a while since the Hoosiers have been able to, to go on the road in the non-conference slate and, and get a good win here. So, um, you know, this is going to be a, a nice test for them, I'm sure. You know, Xavier, you know, they got a top 15 team coming to town, so I'm sure it'll be a good environment. Um, I know there's a lot of IU fans that are planning on going, um, I'll actually be there too, so I'm kind of excited to see the game and see them uh, live for the first time this season. But yeah, I think it, it could be a good test. And obviously, you know, you mentioned at the top, if you know Colby Jones is out, that could definitely hurt Xavier's chances. But uh, you know, they got some, they got some good um, guys on the inside with Fremantle and, and Nunji, so should be a solid test. Um, you know, I think Indiana is, is definitely good enough to go in and win this game. But I think it's going to be a good look to see how this team handles adversity. You know, they'll be in a, a raucous environment. You know, there might be some things that don't go their way, but It'll be a good test to kind of see how they respond to adversity, especially some of the younger guys who haven't been in the environment before. So um, all in all, it should be, should be a fun, exciting game, and you know, hopefully uh, everyone can get home in time to, to get it on their TVs and watch. Absolutely. The big storyline for Xavier is Colby Jones and his availability tonight. I know they missed him greatly. I saw that Fairfield game, uh, didn't get to watch it, but saw how the game played out. It was really close. And Xavier able to, to hang on there and not only win, but win by 13 points at the end. He could be a big factor, I think, in this game tonight as far as what the challenge is like for Indiana. Yeah, he really just helps their backcourt and kind of gives them a, a punch in that area. And, you know, obviously, Indiana, you know, we all, everyone kind of feels like they have a strong backcourt this season with, 
you know, Xavier Johnson and Jalen Hutchifino. And, you know, if they don't have Jones, um, that kind of takes away uh, a really good score and a really good guy just kind of sets everything up. You know, I mentioned, you know, Zach Fremental and Jack Nungy are, are kind of their, their go-to guys on the inside. They, they like to get the ball down low to them and kind of kind of feed them. But, you know, when you don't have kind of your guard running the show, uh, it can make things a little bit more difficult, um, and especially just a guy maybe in a shot clock situation to kind of try to bail you out and get you a shot. So, you know, he does a lot of things for them, and, you know, like we said, we know he's questionable. We know he missed Fairfield. Maybe missing Fairfield was a was a reason for him to you know get be ready to play for this game. Um, so, but we don't know. Uh, it's, it hasn't been a full, officially announced yet. But yeah, this could that could be a, a big thing. You know, if he doesn't play, you know, Indiana should definitely have the advantage um, in the game, and they they probably do anyways. But without him, uh, the Hoosiers should be able to take advantage a little bit, especially kind of you know I use guards with with Jonathan Hutchifino, Trey Galloway, Tamar Bates off the bench. Um, so. You know that that's going to be a key storyline here. That, that you you know we're gonna everyone's gonna kind of be following up until tip off because um, yeah he's a, he's a key player for them. Um, but they still do have some capable guys and like I said I, I think this will be a, a kind of a fun matchup in the post with Trace and Race against their two big guys. Uh, should be should be fun to kind of see how they match up against them and should be fun to kind of see how Malik Renew handles a little bit more tougher competition as well. Um, I think I'm just excited to kind of see how these young guys kind of respond to you know, some challenges they could face in their first kind of big road game and, um, you know, against a kind of tougher, bigger opponent in the Big East, too. So a lot of stuff here that, that everyone's going to be kind of looking looking interested in and, and hoping, but I think everyone's kind of excited. And, you know, the Hoosiers should have the advantage. Um, and, you know, if obviously if Jones doesn't play, they, they should definitely have a, a big one there. You just went through a number of interesting things to watch tonight, and I could probably add easily four or five more to that list. You know, there's no mid-November game that you absolutely have to win. I don't know that there's any November or December game you absolutely have to win. The Big Ten Conference games would probably be most important, but I do think tonight's a game that can kind of help set the tone for what this team could be like and maybe how they will take bigger challenges than this. And so that's why I think all these things that you've named and that I'm thinking of tonight – uh, why everybody's so excited. It's just a little bit better challenge than what we've seen so far for this team. Yeah, I talked to people last night, and, you know, they're kind of like, well, you know, if, if IU beats Xavier, you know, does that really mean they're, they're as good as everyone thinks they are? Does that really mean they're, you know, they're, they're really good? And I'm like, well, we're all like, well, probably not. But I think what, what it does is that if, you know, if Indiana wins this game, it, it's a good step in the direction to where you could be like, okay, it's, this is nice. This is proof that you know they can they can potentially become the team that we could think they can be. If they lose, you're kind of like, all right, you start to get a little hesitant. You start to get maybe a little nervous. But you know, obviously, it's not the end of the world. And you know, Xavier's a, a capable team, and obviously, they have it at home. But you know, this, is a, this is a game I think fans really want to see Indiana win um, because you know this is one of the big four non-conference games they have, and you know the other ones are all going to be probably a little bit tougher than this one, even though you know North Carolina's at home and. You know, maybe North Carolina isn't as strong as, as people kind of thought they would be so far this season, but still going to be a tough team. But, yeah, I think this this was one that, you know, if you kind of outline those four big non-conference games and, you know, say what's the most winnable one, you know, this is probably toward the top of the list. So, you know, I think fans really want to see them get it, get off, you know, keep keep the momentum they had from the first two weeks, continue to play good basketball. Um, and I just think they'd, they'd be feel, real, feel really good about themselves, you know, if they get this win and, you know, like I said, it's not going to mean like, oh, crown Indiana the best team in the country if they beat, you know, they win on the road at Xavier. But it's a really nice step, and it's a step that, you know, these are games that, you know, Indiana just hasn't won. Like I said earlier, you know, you, they haven't won these kind of games in, in, a, in a couple years here. So, you know, it'd just be a really nice step for this program to, to kind of get a, a good a good road win early on in the season. And you know, I think that's just the, the best part about this is just the, the opportunity this team has to, 
to really get a lot of really good experience, a lot of good tough games in before you, you enter conference play, uh, which is one of the big things. And that's why everyone's really excited about this season and how this non-conference slate is, has been set up. Is you know they, They're just in some bigger games. They're, they're getting tested more. And, and that, that, that's a lot of fun, and that helps you in the long run. So um, if anything, win or lose, this game can't hurt Indiana. Um, so it should be a fun one, but obviously everyone wants, wants them to win because it would just be a really good step for the program to you know, kind of keep it rolling, get to 3-0, and and, and just continue to, to play well and, and get some wins as well. You know, we've got to bring up, and I mentioned this in the first segment, with Sean Miller, the coach of this Savior team, the brother of Archie. There's kind of an unwritten story here that uh, obviously Sean, the representative of the Miller family tonight, trying to record a big win early in his, I guess you call it, second career, second time at Xavier against the program that just a year and a half, two years ago, fired his brother Archie. And I tell you what, uh, Archie's had some struggles here early. I know that it's easy to look at first-year coaches like Kenny Payne and Archie Miller at Rhode Island and think, what in the world's going on? It, it really, uh, I, don't, I don't think, has very little to do with them, to be quite honest, as they look to build or, in some cases, rebuild programs. But Sean Miller tonight, I think he'll be out for blood against this team and looking to represent his family with the win. I mean, who, who wouldn't, given the situation? Oh yeah, I think he's definitely gonna, you know, be be a little more fired up. I think he definitely wants to get this win and and beat them for for you know his brother. And you know there was, I remember, uh, you know, both of them did the Field of sixty eight podcast um, last during all the last season or something like that. And you know, I think there was one clip where you know Sean was kind of talking about just how it was impossible for Archie to win Indiana, kind of talking about how the, the expectations of the fans and all this kind of stuff. It was something along the lines of that. You know, I don't know exactly word for word what he said but it was something along those kind of lines and you know obviously he was coming to the defense of Archie and you know that's what, that's what you expect but yeah I, I would imagine um he's definitely you know kind of knows how badly it went for Archie how quickly the fans turned on them and you know I'm sure uh he, he's definitely got some some extra juice here uh wanting to take down that team that you know his brother kind of couldn't get over the hump with and things ended poorly with them and you know I'm sure for Indiana fans uh they, they probably really want to beat Archie's brother and then take down Sean as well so uh, it, should, it should be it should be fun and yeah I mean obviously you know it's, he's in his first season there or first season back I guess with Xavier but you know you're right it's kind of a kind of a underlying thing I mean everyone knows about it it's not like it's a secret but I, I do think you know it's probably something that, that Sean's got you know a little bit fired up for and I'm sure you know there's some Indiana fans out there that would love to uh, you know see them beat Archie's brother as well so that, that's a fun twist to it um, and you know maybe he you know his player you know maybe uh, you know Archie's or Sean's players want to want to get it a little bit for him too in that family and you know you got Jerome Hunter on that side too so another kind of connection there you know he was a, obviously played for Archie things didn't go well either so yeah there's a, there's a whole bunch of things here uh, coming into this game that you know could be little underlying storylines here and you maybe add some some fuel to the fire and stuff like that so yeah that, that could that could make it uh, definitely more fun and you know I think people are are kind of excited for that as well. You know looking here at Xavier's roster in addition to Colby Jones the junior who's questionable tonight Three other seniors get a lot of time in the backcourt. And then as we've talked about, Xavier has a pretty good front court. Zach uh, Fremantle and Jack Nungy, both are seniors there as well. So uh, this is a senior-laden team for Coach Miller in his uh, restart at Xavier. And as we've mentioned, not only some better talent than what Indiana has played, but experienced guys. And so that, I think, adds to the challenge tonight. Yeah, it does. And, you know, this is the Xavier team that, uh, you know, they haven't really made the tournament, but, you know, every, every year you feel like they're right around the bubble. They're always kind of, you know, hanging in the balance there to, to kind of get into March. And, 
I, I think that was the case last year as well. You know, the team was the team wasn't terrible by by any means, but you know they they were pretty competitive in the Big East. Um, I, I I remember seeing a couple games here and there against you know the Seton Halls or the Villanovas or whoever, and you know they, they could always uh, play pretty well, especially when they're home. So you know, like we said, this 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 will be a good road environment uh, at the Syntas Center, and um, you know that'll be a big part of it. And, you know, these guys have experience and. You know, obviously, some of them are transferred and some of them aren't, but, but I think they have a, a good group that have played together for at least a year here, um, which which kind of does well for them. So they got experience, and you know, this is a team that that wants to you know probably get back to the tournament as well. And you know, so I think they're really they're going to be really pumped up. This would be this could be a really big win for them. You know, we talk about how much you know it, it'll be a, a nice thing for Ann to get this win, but you know you got to think from Xavier's side, thinking about uh, the number twelve team in the country coming into your your house in, a, in the non-conference play, you know, this could be a really, really good win for Xavier. If they're, you know, if they're one of those teams that are kind of hanging around the bubble again, this could be a game for them that could, you know, push them one way or the other. So I think they're, you know, that, that's a big part of it for them. And, you know, like you said, they got a lot of seniors. And you know, I think Fremantle's kind of become the guy on that team. Uh, I think he's kind of the main focus now. And, you know, he does a lot of really good things. And, you know, Jack Nungy, you know, like I said, you know, I, I said that a couple times, but, you know, people might remember he, he played for Iowa you know, he was Luca Garza's backup a couple of years ago. So, you know, he's played against Indiana a couple, or at least once, you know, a couple times when he was a Hawkeye. So, you know, he was he was always kind of a, a bigger kind of tough player to play too. So, yeah, I'm excited. Um, you know, for that front court matchup, and you know, like like we said, the back court matchup could be could become intriguing if, if Jones plays. But if not, you know, you hope that Indiana's guards could, could really take advantage uh, of that area. So. You know, there's a lot of stuff going in this game, and I'm expecting a fun environment. You know, I'm we, we're starting to get some some good college basketball games, and you know, some fun environments this this, this upcoming week and, and the days to come um, before it kind of gets a little 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 uh, boring until you know probably get till some some of the December games. But yeah, this is a fun time right now. A lot of really good college games going on, and um, you know, a lot of eyes will probably be on this one and hoping for a fun environment, and a good game. All right, uh, got to talk some football with you, Dylan, before we let you go. Indiana-Michigan State this weekend, but uh, what are your thoughts on some of the comments Coach Allen had earlier this week about the realities of NIL in college football and maybe how far Indiana has to go to come close to some of the powers of the Big Ten Conference and what they're able to do with football and NIL monies? Yeah, I think he made some good points. You know, obviously it's it's probably not surprising or, you know, probably not much of a secret just how far probably Indiana would be from an Ohio State, from Michigan, from a Penn State in terms of, you know, how much money, you know, the players that go to the schools can make. Um, you know, you just think about a guy like C.J. Stroud or, you know, you know anybody, you know, Blake Corum running back at Michigan, you know, these kind of, you know, Heisman kind of level players who who are kind of the stars at their with these big schools? You know just how much they could probably rake in, and, as opposed to a player from Indiana. You know it's, it's just it's not much of a secret. And you know I think Tom Allen did a good job. You know kind of saying you know, this, this is how it is. This is this is uh, the real the real uh, this is kind of the reality of it for us is we are way behind some of these other schools. You know he mentioned how Ryan Day was talking about how you know Ohio State needs 13 million uh, to to kind of keep their their high level recruits. And you know he had what Indiana had started the. When it first started, Indiana had like three players making like hundred fifty thousand. So you know that that's obviously a, a huge gap there. And you know, obviously, Indiana got that uh, anonymous one million dollar donation there toward the NIL collective. So that, that's a good step for for them. And you know, I think I think you know Tom, Tom Allen's probably right in that you know they're way behind, and that could be you know that definitely can hurt them in recruiting. And you know, he's hoping that you know they can kind of continue to work toward it and continue to you know, improve it and, and get Indiana a spot, you know, Indiana football at least, a, a place where, you know, you can really have uh, a lot more opportunities in that realm. But, 
yeah, it was, it was really interesting. And, you know, he seemed pretty fired up about it. And, um, you know, I, I don't think – I don't – I'm not going to say he was necessarily making excuses, but I do think he was probably being pretty honest with, you know, this, it's, it's starting to become a little bit more difficult for Indiana now um, just with the resources that all these other, fo- you know, top-tier Big Ten football programs have. And, you know, you're hoping Indiana and the athletic department can, can figure out a way to, you know, help them out more in that way and set things up. Uh, because, yeah, it's, it's, it's a way that teams got to compete now in terms of recruiting, in terms of getting players on campus and, and making them stay for a while as well. So uh, it, it's a big part now. And, you know, Tom Allen's right. That's kind of how the game has changed. And, you know, I think he kept using the analogy of, you know, this is a, you know, if you don't get on the train, you're going to get run over by it. So, um, it seems like, you know, he at least knows what they got to do. So, you know, you hope they can kind of work toward it and, uh, you know, get things a little bit more better in that department because, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a big thing now. And, um, you know, obviously for Nia to be able to compete at a high level in the Big Ten, they're going to need really good players. And to have really good players, you know, they're probably going to want to get paid a decent amount. So, you know, you're going to have to have, you know, the infrastructure built and, you know, enough money to, to kind of have it for them. So, yeah, it's, it's uh it, it, there were some good points made, and you know he obviously seemed pretty fired up about it. So hopefully it's not you know it's not the only reason why Indiana's bad on the field right now. You know that's not that we don't want to that to go unnoticed. You know that's not the biggest reason why Indiana is really struggling and program can't seem to get back on track. But um, going down the road is definitely going to be a big part of it. If they can't um, kind of straighten that out a little bit. A lot of work to be done with IU football, Dylan. There is uh, yeah. no question about that. IU Michigan State this weekend. It's it's another really tough one. Uh, for this team. I think that maybe there are fans holding out hope Indiana next week can keep it close and have a good battle with rival Purdue, which would be a great way to end what's been a bad season, a win over Purdue. But, boy, this weekend in Michigan State, uh, it's going to be another really tough game. Yeah, Michigan State's figured it out. Um, you know, they, they were really, really bad to start this season. They had really struggled, and you know, they had that um, horrible kind of incident with Michigan in the in the tunnel after that game. Then they come up, they you know they follow up the next week after spending what eight players or whatever, and they they win at Illinois, and then they you know you know get a, a good home win uh, last week against Rutgers. So you know they've won two in a row. You know they're playing to get to a bowl game. So you know they, this team's playing for a lot here. You know they're going to have it at home in Spartan Stadium. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a tough game because it definitely seems like Michigan State has kind of figured it out. And I think it's one of the things that that frustrates Indiana fans so much is that you know when you look at kind of landscape of the Big Ten East, I'll, I'll keep it just in the East, is that, you know, you look at teams like Maryland and Michigan State, um, maybe even Rutgers to an extent, you know, those kind of teams, it just seems like, you know, they're able to at least put together competitive games and competitive stretches in conference. Well, Indiana the last two years has just not been able to do that. And it's just been really, really frustrating. And, you know, I think Indiana likes to try to, you know, you, you, you want Michigan State to kind of be a good measuring stick because, you know, you're probably not never going to be as good to get up to, you know, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan levels, but, you can be on kind of that Michigan State level, you know, I think it's, it's a pretty good spot to be. And it, that's where Indiana was, um, you know, what, three, four years ago. And now it just seems like it's, they, they can't even get past, you know, a Rutgers or a Maryland. That's kind of been the frustrating thing is even when Michigan State seems like it's down in the dumps, you know, it's a disaster of a season. Here they go. They went at Illinois. They beat Rutgers. They've won two in a row. And now they're, they're probably going to get into a bowl game. So, you know, they, that these programs, you know, other big tens programs are figuring out ways to win. And, just seems like we all just chalk up these next two weeks for Nina's losses because we have no reason to believe they they will come out with any kind of game plan or, or you know passion and, and win these games. So you know that's kind of the frustrating thing with, with the program right now. And you know Purdue's going to be playing um, for for the Big Ten West title. You know pretty pretty much when they come to Bloomington in two weeks because they got Northwestern at home this week. And if they win that, you know all they have to do is beat Indiana. So it'd be great for the Hoosiers to play spoiler and maybe you know ruin that party for them, but. 
uh, you know, it's just hard to see right now, and it's it's disappointing. And yeah, like you said, there's there's a whole lot of stuff to to correct here in that program. Absolutely. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, with us here on this Friday edition of the program. Dylan, have a safe trip over to Cincinnati later today. Enjoy the game, and we'll catch up with you again on Friday night. I I, want to say this. You and Josh Cook and some of the others that we talked to that cover not only IU but local stuff as well, you don't get many Friday nights off. There's a transition sometime between the fall and winter, and so enjoy. I know it's probably not totally a day off, but enjoy some time to get away and take in an IU game. Yeah, I appreciate it. There won't be many more boys basketball next starts next week, so I'm sure the Fridays will be will be nice and busy again soon. But it's been a nice uh, nice couple Fridays uh, since football ended. So yeah, appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. All right, Dylan Wallen, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, with us on the program. Also, another text on the Thornton's text line: Nunji helped to eliminate New Albany on their way to state. That is correct. I remember a very good battle between a young Romeo Langford and Castle, which had uh, Jack Nunji and uh, knocked him off in in Seymour in the uh, regional round of things. So. Uh, definitely, Nunji and Castle, boy, they had a really good run there for a few years. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment of the week. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join us. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Friday program. I think we're going to have Kyle Nedrip with us here in just a few moments as we wrap up the show for the week. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. The Thornton's text line, don't forget that number either, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 if you got questions or topics. Uh, whatever you want to talk about from an IU or local perspective, you can always send those in and uh, we'll get to it. Been a big week of college basketball. Started with the uh, Champions Classic on Monday, two big games. And of course, um, I watched some of that Xavier Gonzaga game on Tuesday night. And now the main event, at least for IU fans, Indiana Xavier coming up in the Gavit tip off games at 6 o'clock tonight. Don't forget, Don Fisher has the call. Of the game on the IU Network, we have all the IU games here on the Big X. Pre-game coverage around 5 p.m. Tip-off expected right at 6 o'clock. The game, for those of you asking, Fox Sports 1 is where you can find that. Pretty general channel if you've got any kind of cable or streaming package. So Fox Sports 1 is where both of those Gabbett tip-off games will be tonight with Indiana and Xavier leading that at 6 o'clock. Had a couple other questions about uh, Colby Jones, Xavier's, I guess you could say, best guard and one of their best players. I I don't see anything that lists him out for tonight. So I think questionable is fair. Uh, He missed the game earlier in the week against Fairfield. Uh, Obviously, he's a big part of this team, and uh, we'll see if uh, he's able to uh, 
We'll see if he's able to go tonight. High school basketball, I've mentioned some scrimmages that have either happened or that are coming up here in the next few days, including a lot that will happen on Saturday across the area. But just looking at things, I mean, we're days away from the start of the high school basketball season as far as official games go. You know, week one, a lot of options out there. Borden at Eastern Pekin on November 22nd. Also, Charlestown and New Washington. That's an early season rivalry game. Christian Academy, they open up their season on November 28th against Portland Christian, so they'll have a little bit of a later start. Clarksville, New Albany, I love that game on November 23rd. Uh, it's a game of old, used to be played many years ago, came back last season. I think Clarksville will be solid this year. And uh, New Albany, a lot of unknown, so that may be a destination on November 23rd to see the Generals and the Bulldogs get their season underway. Floyd Central, a little later start as well under first-year head coach there, Greg Walters. They'll begin November 29th against Meade County. Then, of course, game two for Floyd Central. I did not realize this. They go from November 29th to December 9th with no game. Game two is at New Albany. So that will be the second game of the year for the Highlanders. For New Albany, that will be game number four. So kind of an interesting setup there as far as how the schedule plays out. One of the other early games of the season is uh, Rock Creek. They will host Henryville on November 22nd. And Jeffersonville have listed as the November 23rd game against Louisville Doss, but Coach Wilkerson told us earlier in the week that that game has been moved. Kentucky schools cannot play that early. And so how about this for an opener? The Red Devils will host Indianapolis Cathedral on November 26th to get the 22-23 season underway and to get Coach Wilkerson's career as the head coach at Jeffersonville underway as well. So some interesting games forthcoming. And another big one is Providence hosting Brownstown Central on November 26th. So a lot of big games. Silver Creek also begins November 23rd at Columbus East. So the Dragons will be a lot different than what we're used to within the last few years. But uh, a formidable opponent, I'm sure, with a very bright future is Brandon Hoffman's club, and they'll get things started again November 23rd at Columbus East. So normally, you know, the season starts. You've got some lackluster games in college basketball, but that's not necessarily the case in the uh, high school realm. It is uh, right out of the gate, and uh, obviously these are very important games for a lot of these teams to get underway. So the high school season is here. A lot of options for games next week. Uh, Tuesday night will be the first local games here in the area. There are some Wednesday night Thanksgiving Eve games as well. Not really much on Friday, but you've got some Saturday night games, a pretty good slate as well. And then it gets to a pretty normal schedule for the week of November 28th coming out of the Thanksgiving break. So it's almost here, and I don't know that we're going to have Kyle Neddenrip today. We've been un unable to connect with him, but my plan was to talk some high school hoops across the state and who some of the better teams will be. As far as our local area, I get a lot of questions. Matt, who do you think can best represent Southern Indiana this year? I think on paper, the defending champion Providence Pioneers will be one of the favorites in the area. The only thing that has changed with them, other than some, some losses to graduation, is Brownstown, who they're going to play in game number one, is also in their sectional now as well. And Brownstown has Jack Benner. Uh, who's committed to Purdue, a very good player, a really good high school uh, football, high school basketball star here in our state. 
And uh, so that that will make it tougher real early for Providence. But I do think they will be really good. I think Jeff can be good. They are young. I think the team that they are in November and, and December will be nothing like the team that they could be under Sharon in March when the sectional gets here. Floyd Central, I think they'll be driven by Caleb Washington. And there's a lot of unknown about New Albany. Justin Carter is an athlete. He is talented. He can do some really amazing things. But can he put it all together for the length of a season and be one of the leaders for New Albany this year? So just a couple things on the radar with high school basketball forthcoming next week. Uh, it's been a long time. And uh, glad that everything is here and just about ready to officially kick off. Also, don't forget tonight, high school football semi-states across the state. No local teams really as far as Clark and Floyd counties go, but uh, there is a full slate of games here on this Friday for semi-state football. All the teams playing tonight are one week away. Again, one week away from uh, competing in state finals coming up. So almost to the Football state finals, and uh, obviously a big night of football across the state tonight. I'm looking here locally, um, who would be our most local football team that is still alive? Maybe Evansville Modern Day or maybe Lawrenceburg. Uh, You would have to cover some real mileage to see uh, a Southern Indiana team of interest locally play. Castle is still alive. East Central up near Cincinnati is still alive. Lawrenceburg, that same area. Uh, Evansville Modern Day, I mentioned then, Linton Stockton and Greene County, north of Bloomington. And that really is all as far as somewhat southern Indiana. So uh, nobody local, Providence, our last team eliminated last week. I will tell you that in 1A, Indianapolis Luther, the team that defeated Providence and eliminated them from the tournament, they will be at North Decatur tonight. And North Decatur, 13-0 and on the season, Indianapolis Lutheran. Also undefeated at 13-0, and but I tell you, Lutheran is a big favorite in that game from what I see. Uh, be just shocked if Lutheran doesn't go on to a 1A state championship this year. That's going to wrap things up for our Friday program. Thank you th- so much for being with us. Uh, enjoy the IU game tonight, 6 o'clock here on the Big X with uh, the great uh, play-by-play call from legend Don Fisher. And uh, we'll be back with you Monday to kick off the high school basketball season and to talk IU basketball and to recap IU Michigan State football as well coming out of the weekend. It's also IU Purdue week in football uh, next week as well. So a lot of stuff coming Monday at 11 o'clock here on the show. Have a great weekend. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.